Paul Rubens, better known to the world as Pee Wee Herman, who died this week at the young age of 70. He had cancer, which came as a surprise to everyone. He battled that quite privately. I figure maybe now is as good a time as any to get into the Pee Wee Herman part of the discussion. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you're lionizing this guy who, uh, as some of my favorite Twitter accounts are pointing out yesterday, is actually hashtag problematic. Oh, yes, yes. Well, we'll get we'll get to that in a moment, because much as I would rather not linger on the the scandal of Paul Rubens, I do think it will be important to recount as a way of getting into the sort of political valence of what Pee Wee Herman was. Paul Rubens began as a comedian. Uh, He was a character actor in tons of movies. You know, early on, he was in a Cheech and Chong movie. He was in Meatballs 2, you know, all sorts of things. He auditioned unsuccessfully for the first season of Saturday Night Live that Lauren Michaels did not produce. He dodged a bullet by not getting that. (laughs) But as a member of the influential comedy troupe, The Grand I believe he was in the same cast as Elvira, Cassandra Peterson. That's two iconic 80s novelty celebrities in one cast. (laughs) It was there that he hatched the character of Pee Wee Herman, that sort of androgynous man-child that rocked the 80s. Originally began as a character for adults. He did a million appearances on David Letterman, all of them worth watching. He was a very, you know, much like Andy Kaufman on David Letterman. He always did these very strange conceptual pieces that weren't really so much about jokes, you know, much like the way early Letterman's show was very much about the idea of doing a network talk show. He had his own HBO special, The Pee Wee Herman Show. Of course, Tim Burton's debut film, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, took his career into high gear. That movie was a beautiful marriage of two sensibilities. I've never seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I really think you're in for a treat. Because you've made the case in the past that it might actually be the best Tim Burton film. There are a couple of Tim Burton films that I kind of go back and forth on, but I mean, that one is very special. You know, you've got these two different sensibilities that are just in perfect lockstep. You can see kind of the embryo of all the Tim Burton stuff, you know, the dream sequences, the clowns, the claymation, the sort of weird spooky stuff like the large Marge scene. Then you've got all the Paul Rubens stuff. The opening scene with the big breakfast machine is exactly the sort of like Rube Goldbergian visual comedy that he likes liked so much. All of the sort of 50s Americana meets junk shop aesthetic that would later become central to Pee-wee's Playhouse is in that movie. Pee-wee's Playhouse, arguably the greatest children's show of all time, full of eccentric characters. I mean, Paul Rubens is one of the only comedians who was a world builder in addition to everything else. Well, while we're on the subject of Nolan, I'd like to bring up Oppenheimer, which perhaps we'll do a full treatment on soon. But I'd I'd just like to do a trial balloon on uh, uh, some issues that uh, 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 I'd like to raise or whatever. Um, We watch these movies, these these sort of politics or politics adjacent movies. You know, this is a great man biopic about the leader of the Manhattan Project. And uh, movies like this are sort of useful for just getting the sense of what's the ambient wisdom. What are we all collectively feeling in the national dream beat about uh, America and her myths. And in this one, 
Oppenheimer is a sort of leftist who comes onto the Manhattan Project ambivalently kind of on the grounds of, well, listen, Germany's going to make a bomb like this, so we better beat them to it. And hey, if we drop this bomb, it's going to be so awful that it'll end all wars. And of course, that doesn't happen. And later in the movie, you see him not only racked with guilt, but eventually as he's you know, in the movies telling, campaigning against the creation of an H-bomb committee, you know, he's campaigning against further use of the bomb. He's trying to use his profile to influence policy. It shows the U.S. war machine basically crush him. And elsewhere in the movie, there's a pretty chilling scene where, you know, a bunch of the mucky mucks are gathered around deciding which Japanese cities to bomb. And there's like one guy who's like, oh, well, not Kyoto. Kyoto is a lovely city. In fact, my wife and I, we we honeymooned there. It's it's lovely. (laughs) You know, to include that scene in the movie, it says something yeah yeah 